This episode of Neo Reality Collective is brought to you by The Everyday Fan. Check out their content and a passionate group of content creators getting together to create content for the, for the growing community of pop culture, fan base, fandoms, and especially sports such as football, basketball, baseball, professional wrestling, and MMA fantasy sport. Control your content and share your story around the world today. The Neo Reality Entertainment brand expands with a relaunch of the Neo Reality Collective Pop Culture News Talk. Your host, Eric Brown, gives his insights and thoughts in the ever-expanding news world of comic books, professional wrestling, gaming, TV, and movies. Be sure to donate to the brand and keep up to date with additional content on YouTube channels such as Neo Reality Entertainment, NRE The Wrestleverse, and NRE Pop Culture Omniversa. Welcome back, everyone, to Neo Reality Collective. It has been a long while since we did an official episode, but this, this moment had to happen. So... So before we get into the meat and potatoes of this thing, let's talk a little bit about some stuff that was going on behind the scene, behind everything that we were getting from the public. Mostly how WBD continues to infuriate and make us hate love them at the same time. We hate them for canceling stuff that was already completed, but then they release House of the Dragon. We hate them for going ahead and punching everybody in the face, essentially. But then we remember Black Henry Cavill came back for Black Adam, and then we punched them in the. Then we wanted to scream into the into the abyss every time when they protect Ezra F. and Miller because not good good enough to, for controversy or something. But um, yeah. But then we remembered. Oh wait, James Gunn and Peter Safran are taking over DC Studios and Walter Hamada is out! Yay! What's the worst that could possibly happen? Well, Black Adam is completely pointless, so don't even bother watching it at this point, because let's be real, the moment you go ahead and state this no longer matters after you fired Henry Cavill, you, in, you may have fired Gal Gadot, Ben Affleck, and a whole bunch of other people, but keep Ezra F. and Miller, Amber Heard, after everything that went down with those two, you kind of start making people mad. And you also worry for the LGBTQ community when politicians go ahead and use Ezra Miller, no doubt, as a political prop. Because Ezra Miller is committing war crimes every single second they're running around the streets and somehow getting away with it. My God. And it was given a slap on the wrist by the courts and had to pay $500. Wow. So enough of my belief in conspiracy ideas that probably that Ezra Miller has some dirt on WBD that is so detrimental to the company that the bad reputation is paling in comparison. Which, if that is the case, then I will just say I called it here, folks. Uh, with... Peter Seffrin and James Gunn, and now the co-chair and co-CEOs of DC Studios, they have been developing for the last couple of months new initiative, a, a new reboot to the DC Universe, or the DC Extended Universe, and 
you know, they, they, they were basically scrapping a whole bunch of plans they had that were barely even plans to begin with. And, you know, rendering The Rock completely his passion project for Black Adam to be, well, pointless. And we also need to acknowledge that Henry Cavill came back for nothing! He came back for nothing! Much to the anger of everyone around the world. Well, at least we can understand that Henry Cavill Superman united the world in violent rage, mostly online. To the point of disturbing. And heading into this big announcement that they would do, DC, J, Peter Gunn, P, sorry, James Gunn and Peter Sifrin went ahead and were kind of giving hints and suggestions what they were doing. One of the most notable ones was interconnected game, video games. And I was like, no, no, that, that is a complete and utter nightmare. And a lot of people kind of came out recently, like the people who made Marvel's Midnight Suns came out and said, that is a terrible idea. And the risks and nuke and crannies and all the problems with that market. But, um... James Gunn and Peter Safran have been studying the course for some reason. Now that makes me worry that Monolith Games' is, uh, Wonder Woman is in danger because it's not part of the DCU unless they retcon it and say it is part of the DC Universe. So, over the on January 31st, the last day of the month of the new year, Of the first month of the new year, Peter James Gunn uploaded a video, six minutes in total, discussing the deep desire of the ten, eight to ten year plan. I don't know why he keeps calling it eight to ten year, just call it a ten year plan, though. At the same time, we recall Destiny and Halo Infinite and how they tell they have a ten year plan, and then um, everything kind of went cuckoos for Cocoa Puffs and, and gaming politics. Uh, yeah, so at that point, you had to wonder, why not just release Aquaman, Flash, Shazam, Fury of the Gods quietly on streaming platforms since they no longer matter? You're not gonna, you're bringing, like Jason Momoa is said to be coming back, but he might not be playing as Aquaman, which is a casting disaster, not because he wasn't good at the role, but because mainstream audiences will be looking at him if he plays Lobo, like he's been saying he wants to do, will be like, wait, um, wasn't he Aquaman like last, like in the last movie? Uh, like, you see, that that's kind of the problem. That's one of the reasons why in fact, now Angry Joe, I think, mentioned this in his Fantastic Four review, you know, when it was called Fan Force Stick. Yeah, that, that was a thing. Uh, where, apparently, he overheard people in the back of the theater wondering, wait, how does this relate to the Infinity Stones and the MCU and whatnot, only to then realize it's not part of the MCU. It's his own separate universe that was originally going to be a big plan and then fell completely apart. Which, okay, so now they're going ahead and announcing that, you know, things like Todd Phillips is Joker, Matt Reeves is the Batman universe, and things like Teen Titans Go, they're all going to be part of a title called DC Elseworlds. Now, okay, that 
we're, we're still getting the Batman universe. We're still getting the Joker universe. I don't know why. I mean, like, you could... Well, not really. Like, the Joker movie was good, but still. Um, I don't see how it's a shared universe. But the Batman at least has a universe being established. The Joker's just, so far, just two movies. So, and, and this also made me worry. Like, one of the things they did mention was... Teen Titans Go, which... Oh, God. I, I have not watched in years. I'll give you that. But at the same time, I refuse to do it out of basically having insulted my intelligence for the first few seasons. And the audience is a collective intelligence. And then they do a movie, and then somehow all that's better now. <sighs> I really despise that. Especially when you have the voice cast of the original Teen Titans, and you, you kind of just feel nostalgic for the old good one that had both heart and yet serious moments and humor that made me not want to freak out and make me not want to hate any of the characters besides the villains. So, that also raised concerns on one other thing, the Tomorrowverse. That was my concern. They don't mention it at all. Harley Quinn is still going. Hooray. Uh, Pennyworth is canceled now. Hoof. So, yeah. The day James Gunn announced that Harley Quinn will not be canned, it's still... I love it. It's still great. I'm not going to cancel that because of my executive powers. Uh, David Zaslav decided to call in Bane and break Alfred's neck. Decades ahead of schedule. Only three seasons in. And, yeah. That was the thing. It recently broke Alfred's neck again. Except this time Bane is David Zaslav and he hates anything that's anything fun. So, there was that whole mess. Oh, and then there was Looney Tunes stuff and the uh, other cancellation tax write-offs of completed works and basically dismantling the streaming service and planning to merge the streaming platforms, HBO and Max and Discovery Plus and merge into what was rumored to be called Max, even though I would just keep HBO Max for just brand recognition because people think of HBO Max, they think high-quality content. Discovery Plus is, well... I keep forgetting that even existed. I was like, oh yeah, they have their own streaming platform, that's right. So yeah, and before I talk about the projects that they announced, I, I do want to make one more thing. So in that video, he also mentions Ezra Miller's The Flash, which he had to somehow obligatedly mention it, saying how it's a fantastic movie. And, and I'm like, could, could, could you just, not for one freaking minute not to talk about Ezra Miller. Like, like they, they he doesn't talk about Fury of the Gods as actor and about how he's friends with him. No, no, no. He out of nowhere mentions a fantastic movie that I really love, which is The Flash he mentioned. And I was just like, can you just let it die? Like Ezra Miller's career, please. Like, my God, how do you let this person go free? I am curious to know what he has on them, what they have on them. 
So yeah, uh, enough about my conspiracy belief that Ezra Miller has dirt on James Gunn, Peter Safran, and David Zaslav that's keeping them aboard. And there's even word that they are considering keeping Ezra around after The Flash, which is a 500 things of wrong. Uh, yeah. So, let's talk about the projects that were announced after the break. We'll be right back. See y'all soon. Okay, let's finish this whole thing off and dig right into this whole mess. So, there are ten projects. Five movies, five TVs, and they're all interconnected to part of the DCU. And it's involving a ton, a ton of anim- involving animation, involving live action. I do have concerns about the um, live act of the animation part because they're saying in the video that Creature Commandos, which is a the first series that they're doing, which James Gunn admits he written the entire series. But I'll, I'll get back to that. Um, here in the article that came out in the press release, saying, Here at DC, we have Metropolis, Gotham, Anthemiscira, Atlantis, Bialia. This is the world that we're creating. We're coming into a world where superheroes exist and have existed for some time in one form or another. And that's this universe. We are telling a big, huge central story that is like Marvel, except that I think we're a lot more planned out than Marvel from the beginning because we got in a group of writers together to work the story out completely. Yep, had to take that shot. What we're focusing on, starting with today, is the first part of the first chapter of our universe, which has been announced as Gods and Monsters, which now makes me think of Universal Studios and their old classic Universal Monster movies where the character says, Welcome to a world of gods and monsters. So, yeah. Many of the following projects are already being worked on, but we're remaining flexible, and we're going to to adjust because we're never going to put a project into production before the script is right. This is the general timeline, but there will be flexibility within it. So, Creature Commandos is an anime TV series, and this is the and Creature Commandos is based on the team from DC and features that very weird creature that we saw at the Suicide Squad by James Gunn. Yeah, see, um, so Weasel, yeah, that was him. Um, This is the thing I'm going to ask. This is the thing that annoys me about this universe a little bit. When you say it's a reboot, which will happen because of The Flash, can you actually make it a full reboot instead of making this pseudo-reboot that makes me think New 52 disaster happening? Because here's the thing that, that annoys me. Because James Gunn is bringing back some of the actors and characters and even creating a season two of Peacemaker that he's done. He's picking his favorites that he had. So there's a chance we're going to see them all again. Though that kind of raises multiple questions of the timeline, the continuity, and how Peacemaker is set in the original universe. The The first season is set in the original universe, but the second season isn't. And you would have to retell the whole story again just to get the context in. And and Weasel's alive. And 
yeah, see, uh, yeah. The, see, see the see the problem here on that. But um, one of the things that was mentioned saying this about the DC animation stuff for this universe say we're going to cast actors that are going to be able to play the characters in this as well as another thing some of which we're, we've already cast I've written all seven episodes in the show and it's in production now so this is what they mentioned they mentioned that they're going to have voice actors the actors who vo can voice the characters and also play them in the role on in the live action world there are things I have about that because it's like, oh, they might be well as a live-action actor, but voice actor may be very questionable. Like, I'm pretty sure no one wants to talk about Rhapsody Street Kids anymore other than the fact that it had an impressive voice cast and some animation legends, and yet the project was horrible. Like, God knows what the hell happened. And the fact that they had the balls to think of a sequel was going to happen on CW on national television. So, in the image of the Creature Commandos, they go ahead and mention the characters. Rick Flagg Sr. Yeah, in the Suicide Squad, Rick Flagg, the original, is dead by Peacemaker. Um... So I'm wondering... And Creature Commandos is like the Suicide Squad, but more insane because well, let me just give you a visual thinking of what the image is like uh, you have Frankenstein yeah that, that, that's the thing the bride of Frankenstein G.I. Robot Weasel um, Nina and Dr. Phosphorus who is a giant flaming skeleton and the lady and Nina is a aqua creature, aqua-based animal creature hybrid. Now the creature commanders have actually been in like one one or two minute animation. I had to look that up. So there is a foundation that you could look from that and see, yeah, this is gonna be wacky and insane. But um I am curious as to why Rick Flagg Sr.'s in this, if he knows that Peacemaker killed his son and yeah, we don't know, do we? So, yeah. Th they mention these characters. Uh, Dr. Phosphorus is actually a Batman villain, so of course Batman had to be involved in this. <laughs> and the next project, Viola Davis is coming back as her character, Amanda Waller. This is going to have some Peacemaker some of the Peacemaker team in it, and as it's regular on the show, this basically follows up Peacemaker. We have two great creatives working on it, Crystal... Chriselle Henry, who is the writer of Watchmen, the movie, I mean, uh, not the movie, of the TV show, and Jeremy Carver, who created Doom Patrol. This is an incredible, marvelous story worked out that I think is really fantastic. The series will sit between Peacemaker season one and two. <sighs> okay, so is this, so is Creature Commandos and Waller set in the old DCEU, because he does go on to mention Superman, who will be recasted. Saffron and Peter going ahead and saying that this is the real launch of the DCU, Superman Legacy, which has the visual image that was used as um, Frank Quitely's uh, All-Star Super All Superman with Grant Morrison, so that's a positive sign. So, 
James is currently writing it, having a blast, and they're hoping he directs it, saying it's not an origin story, it focuses on Superman balancing his Kryptonian heritage with his human upbringing, Superman versus truth, justice, and the American way. Though, in the comics, he never represents the better tomorrow, because America is not a good place for a lot of people nowadays. One could argue it never was, but that's a different subject altogether. He has kindness in the world that thinks, thinks of kindness as old-fashioned. With our stories, we want to take it away from good guy versus bad guy. There are really good, almost saintly people, and Superman's among us. Is among them. There are really terrible villains like Girl of Rod or the Joker, and then there's everybody in between. So there are all these shades of gray which allows us to tell complex stories. And they even have a release date for this, July 11, 2025. Concerning that they make that promise date, I'm sure nothing will go wrong in 2025. Hopefully. So when I heard when I found out they're using the visual imagery of uh, of this movie Superman Legacy with the Frank Whiteley Superman and All Star Superman by Grant Morrison and, and Frank Whiteley, I was very interested. Like All Star Superman is considered a classic for many and a modern mythology of Superman and this basically this quote these quotes are always told even in Zack Snyder's Justice League they go ahead and talk at Zack Snyder's DCU, they go ahead and reference the, the Superman comic. So, yeah, it, it's pretty damn cool that they respect the legacy that came before. And now we learn about where all the budget went. Well, besides the two series, Creature Commandos and Waller, where all the budget money went for all the, all the HBO Max series when they canceled them, we have another series called Lanterns. Um... It is starring the two of two Green Lanterns, Hal Jordan and John Stewart. Now, Hal Jordan, yeah, it's kind of obvious that Jeff Johnson is getting involved in this, and John Stewart, hooray! Though I, I, I do wish we, and they still say they're going to pepper in some other lanterns. I'm hoping we find, <laughs> I'm hoping we see Jessica Cruz and maybe Al, Alan Scott establish the Justice Society that exists. But yeah, they talk about lanterns and starring the two favorite Green Lanterns of theirs, Green Hal Jordan and John Stewart, is going to be with HBO Max as all of our series that we're going to talk about today. It is more of a true detective type mystery over two lanterns, a terrestrial based mystery that leads into the overall story that they're telling throughout the different movies and TV shows, where they find this ancient horror on Earth, and these guys are basically super cops on precinct Earth. The story is going to weave back and forth between the films and the television shows. Peacemaker is a good example of how that works, and that's what we're going to do with this big overarching story story that we're telling. Now, I like how they use the Earth-1 Green Lanterns. This could just be them just finding cool images, but like the fact that in the, in the Earth-1 story of Green Lantern, Jon Stewart is a Yellow Lantern. Just something you accept, right? And now Hal Jordan is in this, so does that mean that they're gonna that they're gonna be different color lanterns this time? Or is it well they didn't suggest the Iron Lantern colors are gonna be involved in this show? And it does mention it as Green Lanterns a lot, so maybe they're just using the visual imagery just to be cool. Get a little suspension of disbelief potentially. Uh I'll get to this other one at the end, but let's keep going. Uh, here's the next one. Paradise Lost. Now, 
when I saw this, they showed the new 52 Amazons who are brutal and whatnot. And this is usually, and when they show the images of the Amazons slaughtering the men of Themyscira because the new 52 Amazons were horrible, um, uh, this would usually be my point in saying, uh, oh, Donna Troy's gonna be in it, greatest show ever. Except if you're using the references of the New 52, I'm gonna look in this as a little cautious because this takes place before Diana's birth, so they can't really do Donna Troy. But, um, the fact that I'm not saying, boom, the greatest show ever, Donna Troy's gonna be in it, primarily because. <laughs> Donna Troy's character is essential with Wonder Woman and all that complex nonsense they did. And plus, I'm hoping they just keep the origin story of her just being, well, a girl saved in a fire and raised by the Amazons instead of whatever the hell the New 52 did. God damn it. But yeah, they talk about them. This is the story they're saying. This is a Game of Thrones type story about Themyscira and Paradise Island, uh, home of the Amazons and the birthplace of Wonder Woman. This involves all the darkness, drama, and political intrigue behind the society of only women. It's an origin story of how the society of women came about, what does it mean, what are the politics like, where are the rulers, who's in charge, where are the games that they play with each other to get to the top. I think it's really exciting. The events really take place before Diana's birth. So this is the thing I wanted to mention. Um, does that mean we're going to get the other tribes like the Bana uh, and the Amazons of the Amazon Rainforest involved in this? Because that would be kind of interesting. And I'm also curious as to know if other gods will show up besides the Greek gods. Like, are we going to get the Roman gods? Because in the, in the DC Comics side of things, that is an actual thing. War of the Gods and all that. The Roman counterparts go to war against the Greek counterparts because comic books and it caused a huge cosmic war of epic proportions with gods and whatnot demanding we are going to be the ones who create the universe. No, we're the ones that created the universe. No, we're the ones that create the universe. And everyone is just like, no, Perpetua, the hands created the universe. Until we say otherwise, in which case it's going to probably be the great darkness. So, but when I meant, when they mentioned Game of Thrones, I was like, <laughs> okay, does that mean we're going to get a BS ending that makes no sense? And is that going to be the White Walkers type coming in? Because if that is the case, that's stupid in, in this context, because the Amazon, unless you're going to go with Ares, the god of war, but... We already had that story in a five-minute opening. But I am kind of excited for this, mostly because I like the Game of Thrones-style storytelling and the politics and all the backstabbery. So, yeah. And it mentions how the society came about. So a whole bunch of politicking, the gods and whatnot, and probably all the drama, what breaks the Amazons off from the Amazons of Themyscira, the Amazons of the Amazon Rainforest, and the Amazons of the Bana, and where they go and, where, and what leads to this stuff. And we had to go ahead and introduce Batman into this, not THE Batman with, of Matt Reeves' Project Universe. No, 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 no. This is going to be based off of Grant Morrison's Batman, and... I was shocked by this. They announced that this was going to star Batman, which is called The Brave and the Bold. 
this is gonna revolve around Damian Wayne Bruce's biological son. So we're just skipping all the Tali Al Ghul stuff and the Raish Al Ghul stuff and the Al Ghuls and all that, right? We're, we're just skipping that or we're gonna introduce that somehow in a two move, two hour move, two and a half hour to three hour movie. Okay, color me interested how you're gonna juggle all that stuff together. And especially since he's the fifth Robin, since there's Dick Grayson, there's Jason Todd, there's Tim Drake, there's Stephanie Brown for how short she was as Robin. But yeah, Gunn also mentions how this is his favorite Robin, which was like, you're doing a lot. I have a favor with this, so I'm gonna do that. And here's the thing that annoys me. Saying this is the introduction to DCU's Batman. It's not Robert Pattinson. It is not Ben Affleck. We're working with Robert on the Batman Part 2 with Matt Reeves, and we're working with Ben Affleck, who has been part of our team trying to bring things together. He really and he really wants to direct one of our projects. We're excited, excited for him to do that. Okay, okay. <laughs> Remember what happened last time when Ben Affleck did this and he almost lost his mind and all the politicking that happened there? But yeah, the idea that <clears throat> the idea we're gonna see Damian Wayne dress the Robin colors, and is also and the friends also and it's even mentioning that the other extended members of the Batman are showing up, which makes me think, oh, this is New Fifty Two logic where everyone came in at five years, but Batman's been around for ten. In which case, I have multiple questions this time around. But yeah, saying this is the story of Damian Wayne, who's Batman's actual son that he didn't know existed for the first eight to ten years of his life. Yeah, they keep using eight to ten years. I was like, okay, I get you have an eight to ten year plan for the DCU, but he was ten when they brought in, right? He was raised as a little murderer and an assassin. He's my favorite Robin. Yeah, yeah, I got him. It's based off of Grant Morrison's comic run, which is one of my favorite Batman runs. We're putting it all together right now. Okay, see, this is the thing. You know Batman's gonna make money, so I'm not even complaining about that. <laughs> I'm like, it, it does raise the question, you're having two Batman running around, and that's not gonna cause bear brand confusion or anything at all. But, uh, I don't want to go into my rants of Star Wars in a DC Comics-related topic. For God's sakes, for my sanity. But, um, oh, you almost had three, technically, because you had Ben Affleck Batman, you had Robert Pattinson Batman, and you were almost going to have, uh, Kevin Con- not Kevin Conroy, rest in peace, man. Uh... Man, I just think Kevin Conroy as the uh, most iconic Batman. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Uh, we're gonna have Falcon, who was also the Batman from eight, 1989. Oh, God. See the confusion on all that? So you're content having four Batman running around but two dark sides were too much. Multiple Star Wars universes were too much for Disney. Marvel is content with the Marvel multiverse, even if it's affected Phase Four for a lot of people and made people hate that run, that that phase. 
But uh, yeah. Next is a boost to gold, everybody. A live action HBO Max series. Total fan for you, as you know, a loser from the future who uses his basic future technology to come back today and pretend to be a superhero. Oh, I think it is of it is basically the story of a superhero's imposter syndrome. How do you deal with that? It's about how he tries to use this future technology to be loved by the people of today and what is really at the base of it. It's a character story that's going to be very different type of show and we're talk talking to an actor about it right now. Which, when I heard that, I was thinking... Are we going to see... I know you mentioned Blue Beetle, Jaime Reyes, but are we going to get Ted Cord in this? Because you can't have Boost Gold without a Ted Cord. Blue and gold. And we also get Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. This is based on Tom King's wonderful comic. Tom has been one of the architects of this entire situation, so naturally all the Tom King haters are gonna go ahead and riot. He's been one of the guys in the room with us, along with four or five other writers. I love his take on these characters. He just turns them slightly to be something very unique. In our story, we have a Superman who was sent to Earth, raised by incredible loving parents, Kara was on Krypton. She was on a piece of Krypton that drifted away from the planet and she lived there for the first 14 years of her life in a horrible situation where she watched everyone around her die. So she's a little much harsher and more effed up Supergirl than you've been used to thus far. Question, um, that's the origin story of the golden to bronze age Supergirl. Not the Tom King Supergirl of Woman of Tomorrow. This is a already established Supergirl who has turned 21 by that time and gets drunk. And, uh, in fact, this is the thing. When I heard this thing, I was thinking, you know, Tom King's book, if it got adapted, um, it would really be right in my eyes that we get the director of Logan involved because that's basically what the story is likely is, is definitely about but mostly it's a revenge type story but also yeah all that stuff so yeah Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow could be a great movie and like the standard the, the, the threshold cannot be any lower than Supergirl the movie from decades ago and disaster on all that front we also get Swamp Thing. We wanted to talk about is Swamp Thing. We bring it up because it's important to point out that in these stories, although they're interconnected, they're not all totally the same. Each set of filmmakers bring their own aesthetic to these films and the fun in seeing how these totally different works mash up in the future. This film will investigate the dark origins of Swamp Thing. Now, personally, I would have just used the TV series first and only season, and that's it. Oh god. So yeah, I, I kind of was like I kinda of wanna you could keep the old show and whatnot. But that's just my honest opinion on that. Like they'll probably do a different take on this. We actually developed a few other things as well, but for one reason or another, we can't say them. This is the first batch of stuff, but there may be a couple surprises to come. There is one more project, but uh we'll get to that when we can. We'll get that into a minute. Uh, <laughs> oh, this movie surprised me when they announced it's going to be a movie. Long and behold, 
James Gunn reveals one of his ultimate passion projects. It broke sales on eBay. It's currently on on, on massive price gouging on eBay. It's sold out in stores now. It's selling like hotcakes. Wildstorms, the authority. Yep, the authority is going to be the from what this like this could be later afterwards but since this is in chapter one gods and monsters i am curious are they going to be the first superhero team let me get back to that so gun mentions how this is one of his biggest passion projects saying i've been working really hard on it with the writers and we're starting to put together the entire story this is a big movie i don't know how many of you are familiar with the authority and that's the thing you're taking your big risk with that at least a tv show you could at least get away with something making this the big movie of a bunch of relatively unknown characters that haven't been really relevant since the 2000s for the most part and then everything fell apart during the mark millar uh Frank quietly run in my opinion because yeah it was just gross edgelord bleakness more so but also you, you have to remember there's a huge amount of context with the authority and Stormwatch and Vornell's run on there uh, what led it to the authority and well um, a ton of messed up crazy stuff Also involving Stormwatch and the Xenomorphs from Aliens, but that belongs to Disney now. So, yeah, we're probably going to get a different downfall for Stormwatch. There are the Wildstorm characters. Wildstorm was a comics imprint that was brought by DC that I really love. We're moving a lot of these Wildstorm characters into the DCU. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they've been moving the Wildstorm character since the New 52 into the DCU, but that's a much different, complicated story. The Authority's a very different type of superhero, kind of superhero story. Yeah, if I had to think the best way to describe the Authority, it's like the boys, but um, they're not about overthrowing stuff. They're more about taking over for the most part. In their intention, in their quote good intentions, but they think the world is completely broken, and the only way to fix is to do, take things into their own hands. Where that means killing people, destroying heads of state, changing governments—basically whatever they want to do to make the world better. We'll see how that journey goes for them. These are there are morally great characters in our DCU, of which these are. Um, didn't um in the Warren Ellis run, uh, Jenny Sparks who dies at the end of the 2000 at the end of 1999 to to give way to Jenny Quantum yeah 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 century baby all that and complications so yeah it's very complicated to explain uh but um yeah this is uh and they also, and they mentioned that we love that they think the ends justify the means, and they're the ones that decide what the right ends are. Okay, so in the comics of War Analysis Run, Jenny Sparks and the Authority go to a parallel Earth and commit mass genocide. They sunk Italy to the ocean, destroyed entire governments, destroyed an empire that was formed there. 
I'm like, the empire there wasn't really good. It turned China into a uh, terrible place of culture, which um, I'm not even going to go into because it's so damn uncomfortable. And I want to not piss people off with, uh, with, with, with freaking people out with that, but it's kind of messed up what they did. But the authority just like, eh, we'll just, we're the authority, behave. That iconic quote. Saying that we are the authority, behave, and yeah. I like, I, I do like, I do like that they're committed to doing this big unknown story very early in the, in the DCU. I like, at least the Guardians of the Galaxy came way after the whole DC MCU launch. So I like that risk-taking factor into this. So those were all the announced projects. And there's a ton of other stuff that came out. In an interview following that, about when they were talking about, about their building of the DCU, like how they mentioned Shazam, Blue Beetle, and which are totally disconnected, but Flash is kind of connected to everything, and can be part of the DCU, which goes into Aquaman, which leads into Superman Legacy, our first big project, and that's the thing. I don't know if Aquaman is going to survive the reboot. Flash, I don't care anymore because Ezra Miller is toxic. Shazam, Fury of the Gods, and Blue Beetle. Wasn't Shazam going to have the new movie coming out soon? Going to have uh, Wonder Woman showing up because this involves the gods and Wonder Woman was rumored to be part of the movie. So there's that complication. So, yeah, the whole stuff they're talking about, like... Yeah, they, they go ahead and try to talk about the whole animation stuff, specifically including the Matt Reeves films. Like, they confirm that Matt Reeves is going to continue his work with the Batman, which he thinks uh, that involves a whole bunch of spinoff works. Uh, that So... They talk about the Jason Momoa Lobo rumors. Gunn came out and said Jason will not play two characters. Kind of obvious. Saying Saffering came out and said it's too early to say. Jason always thought Aquaman was a trilogy in his own mind, but he also loves Lobo. He's been very clear about that too. He's never going to play two characters, but we'll figure it out after Aquaman 2. Now they mention the whether the anime movies from Warner Bros. Home Entertainment will continue. Saying this. We're dealing with all that. Some of that stuff will continue as Elseworlds, but a lot of stuff we're starting to bring into animation with Warren Brothers Animation President Sam Register so that we'll have things connected with this. I think there have been a lot of really marvelous DC cartoons, so we're going to keep moving forward with that. That doesn't answer the Tomorrowverse because that is kind of an important factor into this since it's the reboot of the new 52 DC anime universe and this is the new DC universe with the Tomorrowverse and whatnot and well all that stuff so I'm curious as to know and whatnot so they mentioned their input um, on Flash and yeah they don't even talk about Ezra Miller probably for the best but still scrap that whole thing Gunn mentions how Tom King's in the writer's room, Christina Hudson, James Gunn, Crystal Henry, Drew 
Goddard, uh, Jamie, Jeremy Slater, who just did Moon Knight. They mentioned all these writers. So, yeah, they mentioned all this stuff in the second article series. I'll post links, potentially, and even give some details out. But, um, yeah. There's a difference between having all these ten projects and this big eight to ten year plan, and then you have to contend with David Zasloff and everything he intends to do with the D- with DC and all that, and all of Warner Bros. Discovery, if he's willing to throw the money after canceling so many projects to save money, and these all sound very freaking expensive, especially how he's been at War of Animation for a while. Yeah, but they're aiming, but according to the articles, uh, they mention how how many movies in there aiming for each year. Saffron says probably two movies and two HBO Max series per year. So what if they get more seasons though? What will that do? Focus on other characters? We'll see. We don't know that detail yet. But if they go with the two movies route, what does that mean for the other continuities when they also want to come out? Like the direct to DVD and animate and Blu-ray stuff or direct to video and whatnot are perfectly alright. They're just well, in their eyes, direct stuff. But we're talking about like big theater ones. That's kind of important, especially for TV. So we'll have to see. We'll have to see. But yeah, that's ultimately it on this on this podcast. It was nice coming back to all this and wanting to tackle something a little smaller, but also kind of big, trendy topic going on currently. We'll see where all this goes. I'm trying to be optimistic, but David Zaslav has kind of shot me in the foot multiple times with this, so... Yeah, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. I- I'm cautiously optimistic. Let- let's go with that. So... This is your host, Eric Brown of Neo Reality Collective, Neo Reality Entertainment Brand. This episode brought to you by EverydayFans.com. Check out their site. Stay tuned for more, and I'll see you all again next time. And I'm back, everybody. Let's hope things stay that way. Peace. to donate to the brand and keep up to date with additional content on YouTube channels such as Neo Reality Entertainment, NRE The Wrestleverse, and NRE Pop Culture Omniversa.